0: Good morning, welcome to the show. Monday, January the 23rd, coming to you from TW11, crack of dawn before heading to Heathrow to get on a plane to Miami ahead of the Pegasus World Cup on Saturday. Bringing you all the news from Florida this week. The draw for that took place last night. I'll be catching up with Claudia Spadado, who performs both on the Spanish and English telecasts. From Gulfstream Park and was hosting the draw yesterday. She'll be along at the end of the show. I from stall ten, the five to two morning line favourite. Not much to shout about in terms of action from the UK and Ireland over the course of the weekend. But Navin and Thurless flew the flag. For jump racing enthusiasts, there was good stuff as well. Fakir Duderi was a most fortuitous winner of the horse and jockey chase at Thurless. Reflections on that in due course. Allegorie de Vassi justified short odds, but not without drama in the mare's chase. And her sire, no risk at all, a prolific sire, is one of the subjects featured in Brian Sheeran's roundup of the Route des Étalons. A really important showcase for French stallions that we'll be talking about a little bit later in the programme and which features in his column in the Thoroughbred Daily News today. First of all though, I've been catching up with events not just on the east coast of America but on the west coast where our very own Frankie de Tori has started his farewell tour at Santa Anita Park. Things are going well. He's second in the jockeys' championship behind JJ Hernandez. He's ridden eight winners, including two last night. I spoke to him a little earlier. He'll be in Florida later in this week as well. But as he was packing his suitcases, he reflected on how things were going.
1: Better than I expected, to be honest with you, Nick. I uh, I've been here four weeks now, and uh, I mean a great start. Basically, having the treble on opening day, it just got, got the ball rolling. And uh, yes, I'm uh, really enjoying it. I am. Um, you know, like, like you said, you know, it's beyond my wildest dreams to throw them. I was, I was going to be second in the table in, in Santa Anita. So, uh, yeah, really enjoying it. And obviously, I will uh, make my way to Gulfstream tomorrow. Uh,
0: how do you feel? I mean, how do you feel in yourself? Because obviously, you, you said before you went, you've got to ride slightly lighter weights there. You, you've got to be quite sort of straight and fit. Do you, you, you feel pretty good?
1: Yeah, I think this is the lightest I've been since uh, for a good fifteen years. I'm actually a um, on five. What is ridiculous when you think about it? Um, obviously, as you know, the weights are lighter here. Um, um, it's a d- different different style of living. I everything is so much early. We got to the track at six. We work horses, the first race is usually at 12, so you have to be at the track for half past 10. And, uh, and, and therefore, you eat a lot earlier, you eat about five, half past five. Luckily, is a few of us that uh, we are kind of bachelors, we no wives, so we all get together and, uh, and I'm very lucky in Pasadena, there's a lot of nice little restaurants. So, uh, but, you know, it'd be no, no shock if we're all in bed by nine o'clock. Eight thirty, nine o'clock, because everything is so, so much earlier. And I mean, what the good thing about here? Yeah, you don't have to travel. You know, you don't spend hours and hours and hours on the M twenty five like you do back home. So uh, it is a lot, a lot easier on your mind than your body.
0: How important has your agent been, Ron Anderson? He's a bit of a legend in that in that game.
1: Oh, well, for sure, Ron is. Uh, first of all uh, like I said I mean he had Jerry Bain and Gary Stevens now he's got Rosario and Johnny Velasquez and he's took me on board I mean first of all he's instrumental because he, he gets me on, on horses with chances and second of all he's actually safeguarding my my safety not putting me on them very cheap uh, dirt races so he's, uh, he's been you know he's, he's been good
0: You've ridden for a really wide variety of trainers. What ride so far are you most pleased with? Because you've you've ridden five and a six and a half down the hill. You've ridden dirt winners. You've ridden graded winners. What what have you been most pleased with so far?
1: Uh, well, look, the most important one for sure by far has been Country Grammar, because uh, I mean he's he's gonna go to Saudi and Dubai, so is a very important horse for me because, you know, it's massive money. And, uh, I mean, and every race that I won, I thought I I rode quite well, even yesterday I rode really well. I am enjoying, uh, uh, you know, it it took me, it took me a a couple of, uh, racing days to really switch on completely different racing. here. A lot of gate speed, a lot of positioning, uh, yeah. Uh, every race is, you know, you you don't get a freebie, you know, it's no time to have a breather, you just absolutely, you have to be on the ball from the minute you start to the minute you finish. So it's completely different riding. Um, Not like Europe, then we got a lot longer, we got time to get a position and, you know, it's completely different. But what what I, uh, like I said, I had to switch back to American mode, what I'm, I I I learned back in the day, so um, yeah, is uh, I'm, I'm 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 focused. I'm back in the zone.
0: It sounds like you're really enjoying it. That this is a, this is a, 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 an absolutely ideal way to kick off the year.
1: I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, with regrets as well, because I wish I did this ten years ago. Uh, um, you know, I didn't. Uh, you know, I never. I didn't realize. I was going to go down so well here and, uh, and 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 actually, my way of riding kind of suits these kind of races. So, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it. At the moment now, I'm 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 just taking a week at a time. Obviously, we go Goldstream this weekend, which is massive, and then uh, and then uh, n- next next week, my wife's coming over, and then uh, all the nice races are starting. All the nice, roll races. So mm-hmm. who knows if I land on a, on, on a good one um yeah plenty to play for
0: Yeah, have you got the antennae out for a for a possible triple crown horse
1: at least i never i um i i, I kept i keeping all my options open uh as as the weeks passes better fledels are coming on i mean uh, obviously bob baffa's got a few but uh, you know on the east coast is all the, all the other big trainers so we we will see and we just uh yeah, we'll see how he goes. You never
0: know. Frankie de Tory there, the inim- inimitable Frankie de uh, He says he wished he'd done this 10 years ago, David Yates. I-, I presume not retire and go on a farewell tour, but spend a big portion of the winter in California, which he seems to have figured out really suits his riding style and he's loving it.
2: Yeah, I- I'm sure that the his it suits his riding style. I'm sure the way of life suits him as well. Um, anyone who's Tried to talk to Frankie in in January and February of the British winter. Knows that he can be quite a downcast character. Which I think one can lay at, at, at the blame, the, the blame at the door of the weather. Um, we were talking about this off air, and you said, "Well, he spent plenty of winters in in hotter climes." But I imagine uh, that the the atmosphere and the lifestyle um, in California suits Frankie extremely well. He's been lucky, of course, in that he is a global superstar so when he was negotiating going out there he had a good idea that he wasn't going to start at the bottom um last few rides the likes of bob baffert john sadler uh richard mandela so obviously they are the highest achievers in uh horse racing as trainers in america so i'm not surprised that it's going as well as it is it, it does beg a question and this was asked when frankie um announced his retirement in december um what will happen around uh the beginning of may of course there's Chaldean to ride in the 2000 guineas if you were to happen uh, upon a three-year-old colt who had a really good chance uh of winning the kentucky derby would you decide to extend your stay there so um the, the fact that it's gone so well i think Possibly just uh, leaves that question slightly open at the moment. But like everybody else, you know, I mean, I've been involved with, uh, I've been lucky enough to to write about Frankie's career pretty much from the start. And uh, I, I wish him all the best. And I, I think that this is obviously a, a great start to what's going to be um, a long farewell tour in 2023
0: you spend a lot of your time now particularly during the the winter months here in the UK and and writing about Irish racing as well writing about Messrs Willie Mullins and and Joseph O'Brien and and they were the the headline acts yesterday for different reasons at Thurless. we'll start with the the horse and jockey chase which would have been won by Willie Mullins second string on couleur with Shaq and Porsoir backing out of things but in fact was won by Fakir Duderis adding another high-profile victory to an already pretty well-filled CV for Joseph O'Brien. What did you make of the whole piece?
2: Well, when they turned for home, I would have thought that Fakir Duderis would have been the, the last horse on your list. Uh, we had four of them, uh, the eventual winner, French Dynamite, Pour Soi, and, as you say, Auton Couleur, who um, jumped the final fence with a lead of a couple of lengths, uh, came down. Brian Cooper uh, punched the, the ground in uh, in disappointment, which was perfectly understandable. Uh, French Dynamite, who I think was challenging for second alongside Fakir Duderi, uh, made... A, a bad mistake and that pretty much ended his chance. He was beaten um, six lengths at the line by Fakir Duderi and Pour Soir. that was a disappointing one. I know that it was his first try at two and a half miles and on the figures one might say um, he didn't stay but he really went out like a light. He was beaten 18 lengths in third at the line uh, he was beaten 14 lengths in third behind Blue Lord, that was in the 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 rewards the, the Paddy's Rewards Club Chase, at the Grade One over two miles at uh, Leopardstown over Christmas, and just at this point, he doesn't look like uh, the horse that we've seen in previous seasons. It, it was, I suppose, not surprising that that bookmakers left um, the winner Fakadudari at eight to one for the the Ryanair Chase. Certainly, it, it Autuncula had he uh, stayed on all fours would have won that race but yeah it, it was i mean goodness knows what the what the in running markets said about it because of the as those four horses turned for home i would have thought that Fakiduderi would have been uh, the least likely of the of the of the four to win according to the machine another one tenner thurless yesterday
0: was the mayor's chase that went the way of allegory davasi eight to one on favorite indeed she did win with an awful lot to spare but that tells but half the story dave what happened
2: it really did. I mean, I mean, it's it's amazing to think that uh, this horse is now what six to four, as short as five to four, I think, for the the Mrs. Paddy Power uh, Mares Chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, at at every one of the fences, uh, she went out to her right. She skewed really quite violently at the very first fence. I think that if it. If you watch the video, you'll say Paul Townend, and I think the commentator said, you know, Paul Townend did uh, perform miracles to stay on board. I think if Paul Townend hadn't stayed on board, I don't think it's one that he'd have been showing his grandkids. Let's put it that way. But... Uh, there were f- over 50 seconds before they uh, be- between the start of the race and the first fence so uh, possibly Alegria Davasi thought she was running in a flat race and then this fence appeared and she didn't know what to do with it. the fact that she is the five to four favorite for a- an all-comers mayor's Chase this isn't a novice chase the um, the Mrs Paddy Power at the at the festival it entitles one to draw a conclusion that that race is not a strong one.
0: There were a couple of other notable results for Willie Mullins over the weekend. One was the victory of Embassy Gardens at Thurless yesterday. The other was the victory at Navan of Shanbali Kid because that was his first victory with the Jigginstown stud ownership back
2: in the yard. Yes, indeed. It was 2016, of course, that that really dramatic news broke uh, that Michael O'Leary and Willie Mullins were to split. What was the what was the reason at the time? Wasn't it that over the training? bills wasn't it and um they stayed apart until last year and shambhali kid as you say very much a noteworthy uh winner it was just a a maiden hurdle at navan and shambhali kid's May or may not prove to be an exceptional horse probably won't be but certainly in in the the relationship at, between the two and the career of Willie Mullins and indeed the the uh, time as an owner of Michael O'Leary certainly significant and um, with regard to embassy gardens um that was a a, a bloodless victory um he was having his third start over hurdles, he'd been beaten in the other two and romped him by 35 lengths. I haven't a clue what the form is worth, but he was certainly impressive in what he did at Thurlers on Sunday.
0: Well, all the headlines um, today will be about um, Fakia Duderi and how fortunate he was to win at Thurlis, and Allegory de Vassi and what she might do at Cheltenham. But if you looked a bit deeper into the card, there was a performance that... If you, were, if you were just lazing around on your sofa, would have had you perching on the edge of your seat. And it was the performance of the six-year-old Ferns Lock in the Hunter's Chase, trained by uh, David Christie, who I think is probably on his way back from Thurlis now. Um, David, th- this this horse, just a six-year-old, he thumped the Fox Hunters winner Billaway by 20 lengths easing down. It, is he the real deal, or am I imagining things?
3: No, I think he's a potential link to be the real deal. Um... I think first of all, uh, I thought Bullaway looked tremendous today compared to last year when uh, my other horse wing leader beat him. But uh, I thought he looked pretty fit and well of himself today. I know Thurls is not the ideal track for him because it's, it's a very sharp uh, three miles ride sharp. But at the same time, we've always held this horse in the very highest
0: regard. He's a he's a horse bred in, in Great Britain and he's by uh, the the shade oak stallion uh, t- Telescope. Just just tell me a little bit about how he how he came to you.
3: Um, well, I actually uh, we, all the lads in uh, this area we, we gallop on gallop on screen down there, Cheadle Avon, and I had actually seen him down there, and I, I just like this, this this big slab of a horse. with seventeen hands, and I just thought there's a proper type of a horse. And he ended up winning a uh, pointy point in the Srona. Uh, by default, uh, Adrian McGuire's horse fell at the last when he was about 20 left clear. And he ended up in the Cheltenham sales. And I felt at the time, Telescope was just not lighting everybody's spot. And uh, the, uh, because he had been a spinner by default, I thought I'll have a look at him when I'm over at Cheltenham when I was over with wing leader at the festival. And I went down and I had a look at him and within 10 seconds I thought, i would maybe try and buy that horse. I loved him so much because he could move like a ballerina even though he was a huge tank of a horse. Uh, so he was going at the Cheltenham sales there for uh, 60,000.
0: And so you've you've beaten the, the reigning Fox Hunters Championship but you, you said you're not going to Cheltenham this year. It, what's the thinking behind that?
3: Well, you know, Barry said today, uh, you know, he had enough, he learned an awful lot today and he's big and he's raw and he's very immature and the potential uh, is huge. The potential is huge. But I feel as a six-year-old, we might go there and not just have experience under our belt and fox hunters tend to be pretty rough races and we might end up just ruining them. And at the end of the day, you know, there's loads of lovely races here like the Tetra Tema, the Joseph O'Reilly, maybe the champion Hunters Chaser time at the end of the season. And I really have a very good staying horse uh, there, uh, Vossley, for the folks Hunters. So why risk him at this stage, you know? Uh, I would love him. He's a horse that would like time, but time will give me a good deal more. The one thing Barry said today when he come in is uh, there's huge improvement to come from
0: this horse, you know? That was David Christie, who's based in Northern Ireland. Another horse that came from the north of Ireland, It's For Me, who started life with Stuart Crawford, made his debut for Willie Mullins at Navan on Saturday as well, and he bolted up. He's now favourite for the champion bumper at Cheltenham. Uh, were you impressed, Dave?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you couldn't be anything but impressed uh, with It's For Me, a, a point-to-point winner, as you say, then uh, joined... Willie Mullins runs in the 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 double green of Simon Munier and Isaac Sued and scored impressively by ten lengths. Um, you'd have had to have lived on the moon I think for the last 20 years uh, not to be aware of Willie Mullins record in the champion bumper sponsored by Weatherbiz, of course at the Cheltenham Festival he's won 12 of them including the last three it's for me now uh, uppermost in uh, the Antipost lists for that race but there'll doubtless be two or three or possibly more uh, stable companions from Closartan who will bid to ensure that uh, he moves on to a 13th and win the race for the fourth time
0: weather continuing it's- to play havoc no surprise that the entirety of lingfield's turf million friday and sunday got abandoned nor the ascot taunton and haydock fell victim to the elements on saturday as well that means a bumper card next cheltenham uh, next uh, saturday at cheltenham weather permitting we've talked a little bit about the rearrangement of the of the clarence house chase the grade one from ascot last weekend uh, on the podcast over the last few days dave and gary moore and paul nichols have both made the point they would have entered Editor de Gite and Grenatine, their good two-mile chasers for the race this weekend, had the race been opened to horses who were not among the original early closing entries, but it wasn't, so they can't. What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, it's, it, this is a really interesting one, um, and I can actually see, I hate it when when contributors say this, but I can see both points of view. I think what is really important is that the, the BHA decides on a policy, and perhaps uh, in the, the current climate of small fields at the, the top of the pyramid, um, on the one hand, if this race were to be reopened and you could uh, you could enter from scratch, on the one hand, is that fair to Edward Stone? Is that fair to Energi Men? Is that fair to Amarillo Sky? Well, you could argue probably not, because they declared for it, um they were the the last three who uh who were standing when the final declarations were made on Thursday. The weather intervened, and they should be able to run without any interlopers gate crashing the party. Yeah. That's one view, and it's probably a fair one. but there is of course a wider aspect to this. Uh, Gary Moore has uh, has rightly quoted editor degite's record round Cheltenham. And whilst it might strictly not be fair on the three horses who were there uh, last Thursday morning, would it not be much better for the race if uh, other horses were able to... Uh, to join the party including in the case of editor digit um a horse who's got a very good record round cheltenham and in the case of grenatine a multiple group 1 winner uh grade 1 winner excuse me i i think that for the for the good of racing and we we talk week after week on the nick Luck daily about the the paucity of fields especially the further up the pyramid that one goes would the clarence house chase be Uh, a a better more interesting more sellable race if those horses were allowed to enter albeit to the detriment of the of the ones who were uh, who who were originally there well yes it would in the current climate is that uh, a weightier uh, does does that fact have more weight than perhaps a a sense of injustice uh, on the part of those who were there originally I think it probably does carry more weight. Perhaps that the uh, the BHA, no surprise that the BHA didn't comment on it this afternoon. It's hard enough to get them to comment uh, during office hours during the week, but it's something I think that they ought to look at.
0: Dave, I want to talk to you about a, a young riding talent that is, is, is raising an awful lot of eyebrows. He got terrestrial television exposure Saturday. His name's Billy Lochnan. Everybody here has heard of him, but you'll be hearing about him around the world if he carries on at this rate, and he's set for a little stint in America soon as well. You wrote a piece about him in the mirror. He's already got to twenty odd winners, is it?
2: Yes, I think it's twenty-one now. He he reached twenty and therefore of course his uh seven pound claim was reduced to five uh when Glorious Angel scored at Newcastle on uh Friday afternoon. Then a winner as you say in front of the uh ITV cameras yesterday when uh on board won for Ruth Carr. So yeah he's doing incredibly well Billy Lofnane. Of course uh, one thing that w- we mentioned in the piece is that it's a it's a precious currency, isn't it? Um, a an apprentices or, or a, a conditionals claim. You 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 must spend it wisely and not fritter it away uh, on trinkets. And so. With Mark Lofnane, his father, the plan has been hatched to go out to America to ride work, not, I don't think, um, to ride in races. Uh, That will um, help Billy with his understanding of pace. Um, I was really impressed talking to him on uh, Thursday evening. I think he uh, he speaks incredibly well. Uh, For a 16-year-old, he sounds uh, very... Mature. He's certainly not a a rabbit blinking in the headlights of his uh, of his his current uh, celebrity. He's going to go out and join David Meir, I think, in uh, Miami, and the idea is to preserve that claim until. Uh, he comes back, definitely a, a a bid for the Apprentice title. He's leading the... Well, I think he's probably leading the jockey stand, standings overall for 2023, but he's certainly leading the Apprentice title race for the all-weather. Um, he, he's not one of these... Uh, Kids that you can you can encounter who rides a, a handful of winners and thinks he's Lester Piggott. Um, he acknowledges that there's an awful lot of improvement and polishing to be done, um, but he's determined to do that. It was it was great talking to him. You know, I, I at the end of the interview, I, I reminded him of the uh, the. The the sacrifices and the denials, um, the dedication that lay along that uh, long road of a jockey's career. But, of course, it was wasted because just at the moment he's having the absolute time time of his life. And I I wish with all my heart that that continues for as long as it possibly can because he was a, a, a a lovely guy to deal with.
0: Okay, the last couple of days has been the Route des Etalons in, in France. It's a, a real showcase of all the stallions that are available uh, in some of the, the biggest stud farms in, in Normandy and elsewhere. One man who's been enjoying uh, the route is uh, Thoroughbred Daily News, is Brian Sheeran, who's with me now, and I think he's just come back under the, the Channel Tunnel. Have you, Brian? Yeah, just out.
4: Not as, a, not as exotic as Shark Handling on his tractor, Nick, but uh, yeah, just out on my way back home to Stanstead then getting the flight onto dublin but hope to have something filed from the last three days which was uh pretty spectacular to say the least
0: yeah if the if the industrial quantity of calvados hasn't addled your brain completely what what was it that you enjoyed the most of, of the last couple of days
4: well actually i'm still on, still on the dry january how i've done that probably a 33 to one shot but i've still still managed to, to leave france intact but i suppose there's a few takeaways for me i mean like we were standing looking at no risk at all just about an hour before Allegor de Vassi posed up at Turles. Um, you know, that was quite special. No no introduction needed for no risk at all. Um, and then yesterday we got to see Capgard. Of course, my heart might lie a little bit on the national side of things, but to see a, a Gold Cup women's stallion, Capgard and, and then no risk at all, who's obviously developed into their... A, a bit of a dominant force along with Blue Brides and I'm walking the park in Ireland. I mean, the, the national hump breeders in Ireland and England don't need any introduction to him. Uh, and then I suppose Etraham was a, a real wow factor for me on Saturday morning. That was actually our first stop on the route. And I need to give some special thanks to uh, my colleague Elaine who's been at the wheel all weekend. I mean, I, other than other, if it wasn't for her, I mean, this is all new to me. This is my first uh, time on the route. But I mean, Etraham to me, I think they've got two really exciting young stallions there in persian force uh sorry persian king and hello humans You know two quite different horses. you know persian king obviously a uh son of king man and then hello um who's a jew group one winning sprinter. they're very different to look at and you know i'm no confirmation expert or anything like that and i would never pretend to be i'm just a fan like everyone else but hello um is a real sprinter and his foes looked that way and sold really well last year and persian king is that bit bigger you can see plenty of kingman in him so i think. You know they could be in, but an exciting time with two young stallions like that. And then I the thought that you know, you know, you've had your Wooden Bassett, at Havre and um, um, Siouni in France in the last few years. Uh, obviously, Siouni's not not going to be around forever. Le Havre is dead, and Wooden bassett has gone to Ireland. So, you know, there, there's a bit of a an opening there. Zarak is obviously on the off, but I thought that uh, Seelaway and Mishrip were, you know, they they could step into that opening. There, that's obviously Seelaway. They're a they're, they're putting everything behind him and, and uh, Mishra Kitsumba who I think is going to start back covering on March 15th which is obviously good news for all the breeders who want to get in behind him so there were my takeaways Nick uh, you know it's, it, there was a lot to take in I think we hit about seven studs in two days and similarly to the, the Irish Diamond Trail last week you just wish there was a, a few more days to get around to them all. D-
0: did anything particular strike you about the way in which standing stallions is approached in france relative to how it's done in ireland or, or or the uk
4: just so many stallions get a chance in france if you look at that bumper winner at now yesterday kind of from horse uh, horses probably not well known in Ireland, and he's shot to the to the front of the the market at champion bumper. They've got uh, boom the well, not really butchered the the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the the Prince of the East, after But he stands at Montague. He's on a marathon line. You know something that's not unusual in France is that he he did his his racing over jumps, won a Grade One hurdle over there. You know similar to Falco. I suppose we haven't really seen it in Ireland. Maybe nickname, and I suppose Sir Eric could have gone that way. Unfortunately, everyone knows what happens to him. But you know. They give horses a proper chance over there, and um, you know he was one that, that just struck a uh, struck a chord with me. I thought he looked quite like Mark Linus Sire and uh, just there's plenty of others that, that uh, just seem to be given a chance to put their teeth. I suppose Wood Ambassador is another. You know, he, he pulled himself up by the bootstraps in France.
0: Brian, thanks so much for, for chatting to me. Um, it sounds like an, an absolutely fascinating couple of days, and I'm marking myself down for it next year. Brilliant. Uh, thanks, Nick. All right. Well, the Pegasus World Cup is fast approaching now. It'll take place this Saturday. The draw has taken place uh, this afternoon as well. The key headlines there is that the morning line favourite Cyberknife is drawn quite well to the outside in 10 of 12 and Proxy, the second choice, is right down on the rail. Round the tight Gulfstream Park Oval. I'm joined now from Gulfstream Park by Claudia Sparado, who has uh, been instrumental in, in, broad- in broadcasting North American racing into Spanish-speaking territories over the last few years and is now uh, establishing herself on the English-speaking service as well for, for first racing. Uh, Claudia, first of all, Cyberknife heading the field, a worthy favourite, but he's, he's in stall 10. Is that going to be a, a major problem for him or, or not, do you think?
5: Where The owners were not that happy when they saw the post position number 10. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for him. I think he can still win and he's still the horse to beat even in the post position number 10.
0: Yeah, he's a horse who, of course, finished a brilliant second to Cody's Wish in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile and had some good classic form last season. Proxy is drawn in in stall one, the, the, the coming force. Your experience of Gulfstream Park, is the inside as, as tricky at Gulfstream as it is elsewhere or not?
5: I think though the track here at Gulfstream Bar is really fast, so he's going to have to really... Put uh, a little bit of pressure on the early on, if he wants to get out of that that space. I don't know if you remember last year, it kind of happened that with uh, with Nixco, he was inside, so that took him a little bit of disadvantage. But I mean, if he if he breaks well, if he could get out fast, he will be able to run a good race.
0: Because you are so across the, the racing in Central and South America, really one of the big reasons I wanted to talk to you today was uh, about the two horses that have, have migrated northwards, uh, both uh, Super Corinto and, and O'Connor. Now, Super Corinto has come out. he scratched at the last minute. That's right, isn't it?
5: Yeah, and instead of him, we have now number three, ridden with Biden. We really, they scratch him right there at the, at the post-position draw.
0: Okay, so he came he came out very late. That'll be a a huge shame for his his connections. But O'Connor's a horse you know quite a bit about. Um, He's come from Chile. Tell me tell me quite a, a bit about him.
5: O'Connor is I think is the fan favorite for Latin America. He's coming from Chile and he has won one of the most important races back in Chile and also in Argentina. He has been here already a couple of months. He's now with Safi Joseph and he has run pretty well the the few races that he have run here at Goldstream Park. So I mean we have whole Latin America. (laughs) All people are Rooting for for O'Connor, and I know it's gonna be a lot of Chileans are gonna come to Miami just to watch him. Uh, th-
0: this is a, a big story. I mean, do you do you believe that he's he's talented enough to to figure to to get a piece of the action?
5: At the beginning, I was. I didn't know because they were telling me he has won one of the best races in Latin America. But with all the respect, I come from Latin America. And sometimes you cannot compare the quality of the horses that run the most important races there to the ones that run here. So I I was like, okay, I have to see him to believe it. And then he came. He's now with Safi. He has run a couple of races and he really sees a uh, talented horse. So I think that if he has a, a clean trip, I think we're going to see uh, a really good race for him.
0: I keep our fingers very firmly crossed that he, that he, he can he 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 run a bold race. I can't let you go without asking about simplification because people will be familiar with the, the work of Antonio Sano. And, and you're quite closely related to Antonio
5: Yes, I mean he's my he's my uncle and I know all the, the work and the sacrifice that he puts, he loves his horses and well this is going to be the third time for him running the the Pegasus, the first two was with Guinevera. so I think last time out that Simplification uh, ran here it was a couple of weeks ago and he came second. After the race, I talked to Antonio, and the horse Simplification had some trouble on the gate. So he told me, "I'm just hoping for him to be relaxed because he's a uh, a really intense horse all the time. So I just want him to be relaxed, to break well, to have a clean trip, and he's better than ever. So they have their high hopes." And
0: tell me a little bit about how how North American racing is, is being. Um, received in Central and South America through what you and others are, are, are providing, a really comprehensive television service. You, you've got Ramon Dominguez, the former top jockey, coming down to, to co-host with you this weekend.
5: Yes, I mean, that, that's, I'm so excited because of that. Ramon Dominguez is coming. We were together doing the Breeders' Cup broadcast, and it was such, such a success that I invited him over again, so he's coming for the weekend to do a Pegasus World Cup, and well, for for a long time, Latin America has watched all the American races. They are fans of the Castellano, the Ortiz brothers, the Johnny V. So they had they are huge fans of the American racing. And five years ago, we started this little project, just with a few races. at Goldstream Bar doing this broadcast in Spanish. We we were like no one uh, was watching us and we kept going we we believe in our project we love what we do and five years later we are the the horse racing channel the biggest horse racing channel in spanish in in the world so it's it's it has been hard a lot of hard work but i mean um i believe in in what i do i love what i do and I'm so proud to, to see all the people watching every single, not only for the big races, but from Wednesday to Sunday. We, we cover all the Estronas track, Laurel Park, Santa Anita, Golden, Pinlico, Ghost Park, Bar, of course. So we have grow, been growing a little by little, and I'm so happy for all the work that my team has put on this channel.
0: Uh, Claudia thanks so much for talking to me look forward to seeing you uh, later in the week and uh, I know you've got a, a huge fan base out there so uh, make sure that uh, they all enjoy the Pegasus this weekend.
5: Thank you so much for inviting me and I'm looking forward to seeing you the party is going to be amazing so prepare. My <laughs> well,
0: thanks to Claudia Sparado there and to all my guests today David Yates is with me and David
2: has a tip for you. Yeah, we're going to go to the 5.10 race at Southall, and it's blazing hot. Certainly not a topical winner. Um, victorious on the fibre sand surface at Southall in August 2020. First start since uh, back in Nottinghamshire when victorious on to Peter there three days before christmas four pounds higher here but i hope can uh, defend his unbeaten record at subble whatever the surface 510 race at subble selection number three blazing hot all right that was monday january the 23rd
0: i'll see you on the other side bye for now you've been listening to nick luck daily Brought to you in association with FitzDares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.